I invite you to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 15, where Jesus describes himself as the true vine. John 15, we read verses 1 through 8 in Jesus' name. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, so that it may bear more fruits. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word, this beautiful picture of who Jesus is and who we are as we abide in him. Lord, you are looking for fruit from our lives, and you have every right to do that. Because you are the vine and we are the branches. So, Father, open this word to us today. Teach us by your spirit. Guide us, Lord, into your truth. We believe, O God, that your word is everlasting truth. I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts today, Lord, would be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. The first time that I ever had a garden was about 30 years ago. We didn't have a garden when I grew up. My wife did, of course, growing up on a farm. And so I thought, I want to see if I can, uh, can be a farmer and make a nice, nice garden. So we got the soil all ready and got some fertilizer and got some seeds and planted our garden. And I, I was looking for fruit, but there really wasn't very much fruit. We got a good crop of beans. But the carrots were so puny, you could hardly get a swallow out of them. And not one single potato. Not one. And finally I dug down in there and potatoes got all rotted. I was looking for fruit, but there was very, very little fruit. Jesus is looking for fruit. And he has every right to expect that we would be fruitful if we are connected to the vine, if we know him as our Savior, as we are abiding in him and his word is abiding in us. In fact, he says that's how we prove that we are truly his disciples. There's no fruit, no life. When we have life in Jesus, there will be spiritual fruit. Now, there are three things I want you to notice today about this uh, spiritual fruit. First of all, it's very obvious that the presence of fruit, the presence of fruit is a sign of spiritual life. I was looking at all the references to fruit in the New Testament. There were a couple of things that amazed me. One thing that amazed me is how often Jesus spoke about fruit. I counted, if I counted right, almost 50 times 
where Jesus used the word fruit that are recorded in the New Testament. And anytime you see something repeated over and over again, you notice that this must be important. And Jesus obviously illustrated that with the, the number of times he mentioned fruit. The other thing that amazed me is how often fruit is described as a sign of spiritual life. For example, Matthew chapter 3, remember John the Baptist, verse 7, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Chapter 7 of Matthew, we find Jesus' words, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. And over and over again, you find that emphasized so clearly that fruit, spiritual fruit, is a sign of spiritual life. And Jesus mentions that here, doesn't he? If you look at verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jump down to verse 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so you prove to be my disciples. Fruit is a sign of life. Now, what kind of fruit is Jesus talking about here? What evidence of spiritual life should be in those who, who know the Lord? Uh, you do a study on fruit in the New Testament, you'll find a lot of, of good instruction. Uh, we've been studying the work of the Holy Spirit on Wednesday night, and one of the things is the fruit of the Spirit. And you know what they are, don't you? From Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's part of the fruit. Ephesians 5, 9 says the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Hebrews 12, 11 speaks of the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Hebrews 13, 15, the fruit of lips that confess His name. And also, obviously, the, the fruit of, of lives being changed, uh, the fruit of discipleship. As you are sharing that word and God uses that word to bring others into the kingdom. So many, many aspects of, of fruit. And so to one degree or another, spiritual fruit will be seen in the lives of true believers because it is a sign of life. Cannot be connected to Jesus and fail to show the evidence of fruit. Because fruit is the result of a nourished life. It's the result of being connected to the vine. And if you know Jesus... There's going to be fruit that will be seen in your life. What if there isn't fruit? <laughs> Jesus says something pretty clearly about that in verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. There are many people who claim to know Jesus. If you ask them, do you know the Lord? Oh, sure, I know the Lord. 
But the lack of fruit in their life betrays their claim. The presence of fruit is a sign of spiritual life. The second lesson we learn here is that the production of fruit is the work of God. The production of fruit is the work of God. If we're going to be fruitful in our lives, it won't happen because we strain and struggle and strive to become fruitful. Kind of like a New Year's resolution, you know. This year I'm going to be, uh, what, more kind, more loving, and or I'm going to lose weight, or I'm going to exercise, or whatever it is. And how long do New Year's resolutions last? Probably not very long. And the reason for that is because it's so much a focus on myself, my own willpower, my own strength. Here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to read some self-help books to help me do it. There's the problem, right? It's a self thing. Based on me working to change myself. Fruitfulness comes from God. God is the one who makes that happen because He is the producer of fruit. And if we look at our text, there's two ways in which God produces that fruit. Clearly, Jesus emphasizes the nourishment of His Word. Fruitfulness comes by the nourishment of His Word. And it's obvious Jesus does not want us to miss this because several times He mentions this whole idea of abiding in Him and abiding in His Word. Look at verse 4. He says, Abide in Me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Then jump down to verse 7. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So the lesson is obvious, isn't it? When you think of the picture of a vine. Okay, Jesus said, I am the vine. You're the branches. How in the world are those branches ever going to produce fruit unless they are abiding in Christ, connected to the vine? How do we do that? We spend time in His Word. We, we find nourishment every day in His Word. I hope you're not one of those who the only spiritual nourishment you find is on Sunday morning. Now, it's good that you be here on Sunday morning, but, that, but if that's the only time you spend in God's Word is on Sunday morning, you're going to be famished spiritually. How can we bear fruit if we're trying to rely on one meal a week? Huh? How long would you last if, this was, if you had one meal on Sunday morning? You would be physically, you'd be a wreck. You wouldn't last very long. And so we need to abide in Christ's Word. <laughs> and that's not a weekly thing. That's a daily thing as we nourish in His Word. You know, the picture is very clear, but so often we fail to really grasp the meaning of that. When we think of fruit, we're, we're thinking of the, the, the end of the branch on this side rather than the end of the branch here. Because that's the most important part, isn't it? That we are abiding in Christ. And then when, when our lives are nourished spiritually, there will be fruit at the end of the branch. But we're often like pinning, we're, we're going we're to be more fruitful, so we're going to pin some spiritual fruit on our, our tree. huh? 
If I go out in the backyard and start pinning plastic fruit on my tree, what are the neighbors going to say? I knew he was nuts. <laughs> there it is. Plastic fruit? Anybody want some plastic fruit? Huh? Grant, take a bite. You don't want to bite of that. Why? It's plastic. There's no nourishment there, right? So if we think that we're going to bear fruit in our lives by self-effort, by pinning plastic fruit on our spiritual tree, we missed it, right? Fruit is a natural outgrowth of a nourished life. When we're abiding in Christ, there is, there will be fruit. Another part of fruitfulness is, is what Jesus calls pruning. Any of you prune your trees? What is pruning? You cut off the stuff, the branches from the tree that is dying and will hinder the, the fruitfulness of that tree. Now, when I prune a tree, I think to myself, I wonder if the tree is crying now as I'm cutting away, huh? Cutting these branches off, I wonder what that feels like for a tree. I'm glad there's no feelings for a tree, but I think of that. When you think of spiritual pruning, would you say that that might not be the most pleasant part of fruitfulness? When the Father prunes us? When He cuts away some of those things that, that hinder growth? You got any of those things in your life? Struggles, habits, temptations that seem to hinder what God wants to do in, in your life? We all do, don't we? And God loves us so much that He he prunes us. One of the ways He does that is through His Word. God's Word not only nourishes us, but God's Word prunes us. Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And has a way of, of cutting pretty deep to reveal the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. And those of you who know the Lord, you know what pruning's like, don't you? When a, a, a devotional or a time in the Word or maybe a Bible study or a sermon and just like, wow, Lord, you hit me right between the eyes today. You pruned me. Not an easy thing, but a necessary thing, isn't it? When God cuts away some of those things in our lives, He does that through His Word. I remember hearing of a missionary who gave a Bible to someone in China. And the, the one who got the Bible came back about two weeks later and he handed it back to the missionary. And the missionary said, why are you giving this back? He says, every time I read it, it kicks me. <laughs> it kicks me. and I don't, like, I don't like being kicked. Well, sometimes God word, God's word kicks us, doesn't it? It prunes us. And we need that. So we need to be nourished in God's Word and strengthened in His Word, but also to be pruned for those things to be cut away from our lives. The third thing we notice here is the purpose of fruit. The purpose of fruit is the glory of God. If I were to ask you why we should be fruitful as believers, I think you could give me several reasons. One reason we could give is for the sake of others. Did you know that when 
There is love and joy and peace and gentleness and patience that we are a lot easier to live with. Would you say so? When the fruit of God's Spirit is, is being produced in our lives, we're much easier to be around, right? And I would probably guess your spouse would, would like that, right? Where they see in you the, the work of God, that fruitfulness of joy and peace and patience. So we could say for the sake of others, that we be fruitful, that it's a blessing to them, an encouragement to them. Or we could say that for our own sake, uh, we experience great joy when we see God working in our lives, don't we? When we see the fruit of His Spirit becoming evident in our lives, it brings us joy. This is what Jesus says a little bit later in this chapter, as He speaks about love. Verse 9, Jesus says, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. There's that fullness of joy when God is working in our lives. When we're seeing evidence of of that fruit that He's producing in us. We see evidence of our lives changing, becoming more like Jesus. That brings us joy. And Jesus describes it as as fullness of joy. So for the sake of others, for our own sake. But what's the primary reason for spiritual fruitfulness? Wouldn't it be for the glory of God? For the praise and glory of God? That's what Jesus says in verse 8. He says, My Father is glorified By this. By what? That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. God is glorified when fruit is displayed through us. And there's some reasons for that. Fruit, spiritual fruit, is a reflection of God's character. It is a way through which God makes Himself known to the world. And spiritual fruit is one of the things that God can use to draw people to Himself. When others see what God is doing in our life, the changes that He's making, how we're not the same person we used to be, and there's this process of what we call sanctification going on in our lives. That causes people to take notice, doesn't it? When they see what you used to be, and what you've become, and are becoming, that shows that that Jesus is real, that His Word is true, that the Gospel indeed is life-changing. Lee Strobel, how many of you read any of Lee Strobel's writings? The Case for Christ, The Case for Creation. His testimony is that he, his wife was the first one that came to know the Lord. And when he saw the changes that were taking place in her life, that's what got him started in that whole search. Is there really a God? Is there really a Creator? Is Jesus really who He claims to be? He saw some evidence of that in the life of his wife as she was being transformed and changed 
And then as he began to look at the evidence for creation, began to look at the evidence for, for the resurrection of Jesus, and saw that that matched with what he saw in his, the life of his wife, that's what brought him to Jesus. And that can be the same for us too, as we are fruitful disciples. As we see this fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of righteousness and so forth accomplished in us and through us because of God's work in our lives. Who knows whose life the Lord may change because of what is happening in your life. And some of it we might not not ever know until we get to glory. Wouldn't it be wonderful to in heaven one day for someone to say, you know what? Part of the reason I'm here today is because of you. What I saw in your life, how Jesus changed you, how he transformed you, how he produced fruitfulness in you. What a wonderful day that would be. Are you fruitful today? Is there spiritual fruit in your life? The key is being connected to the vine, abiding in Jesus, abiding in his word. Apart from him, Jesus said, you can do nothing. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are the one that produces that fruit in us. Your word is powerful. It is life-changing. It provides spiritual nourishment and strength. It prunes us, cuts away those things in our lives that hinder our growth. And even though that pruning is sometimes painful, we realize, Lord, that it is necessary that we might be more fruitful and bring glory and praise unto you, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful picture of who you are and, and, and how much we need you today, O oh God. Help us to abide in the vine that we might bear fruit. For we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.